I'm not studying from a Bible book tonight. Seems strange to me. I had to come up with something uh, relevant, and uh, I thought cancel culture might be relevant. Uh, it's hard to tell exactly what it is, uh, but it affects all of us. We're all affected by it, and it's just uh, it's something that's taking place in our society. And number one, I think we need to know what it is. And number two, we need to know how we're to behave with regard to it. Uh, it's, all, it's been a difficult one for me because uh, some things make me excitable uh, and I really shouldn't get that excitable. Uh, I'm, I'm dumbfounded sometimes by the things that go on. I honestly can't process it in my mind. I don't get it. And uh, that's usually when I get excited but uh, we need to uh, understand at least some of it, and, but mostly know how to uh, deal with people <clears throat> who have uh, an attitude of uh, wanting to just shut you up. <laughs> so uh, let, let's talk about that a little bit. The Cambridge Dictionary defines cancel culture as this, a way of behaving in a society or group, especially on social media, the internet, things people looked at, in which it is common to completely reject or stop supporting someone because they have said or done something that offends you. Uh, one thing uh, I've, I've heard a lot of people say on television, they talk about my truth as opposed to your truth. Uh, and this is, uh, this is a, a really bad attitude to have. Uh, the, the, the ideal is that there is no objective truth. Truth is subjective. We determine truth for ourselves. What's right for me may not be right for you. What I think is good, you might think is bad, and vice versa. Uh, this is all a part of the processing uh, of this cancel culture mentality. Uh, living in a cancel culture society is what I'd like to talk about. Uh, I'm going to try to get through all this, but uh, the part I really want to get to is at the end, so <laughs> we're going to have to make it one way or the other. In Isaiah 5, 2021, uh, what, 2,700 years ago now? 2,750 years? Isaiah wrote in regards to Israel, how they were behaving. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Isaiah, without knowing it, <laughs> he's describing cancel culture. Uh, this is the same thing that's happening today. I probably said it enough that it makes you nauseous, but uh, there's really nothing new under the sun. History just repeats itself. And uh, this is what we see here. Today it's called cancel culture, um, but I don't know what Isaiah calls it. He just stated the fact of what was going on. Uh, I, I have my truth, you have your truth. Uh, what's good, according to you, I think is bad. And because I think it bad, you offend me. And because you offend me, you need to hush. Because I don't want to hear it. 
And if you don't hush, I'm going to get mad at you. And today, uh, one of the things that goes along with it is trying to cancel uh, people in such a way that they are, in fact, hushed. And it, it is taking place. Uh, unfortunately, our federal government is heavily involved in it. Uh, state governments are also involved. A lot of states, the same thing are going on. Uh, people are uh, being harassed. Uh, a lot of people have been arrested by the FBI uh, because of what they say and what they don't say. It's, uh, it's mind policing is what it comes down to. Uh, it's very dangerous, <clears throat> and uh, I want to talk about what it is, what the, what's going on, some of the things that have happened. And then we'll talk about how we're to behave since we live in such a society. J.K. Rowling, uh, she's the author of the Harry Potter series. Uh, she's not a Christian. I don't think she's a believer. I, I really don't. Uh, but like all of us, she has an opinion about certain things. And one of her uh, opinions is that Male is male, and female is female. You don't go from one to the other, and there's no transitioning in between. You're either male or you're a female. And she's been uh, watching a lot of the stuff that's been going on, like all of us have, and uh, she wrote an article about it. And because she did, uh, she was um, uh, blackballed, if you will, by uh, a good many people uh, who stopped uh, supporting her, uh, not financially, but supporting her, uh, reading her uh, website and uh, different things she puts into print, and of course buying all the books that she's published. Um, and she's been uh, affected by it quite a bit. A very famous person, but she's not immune from this cancel culture mentality. She was, she was saying the wrong thing. It's unacceptable to say there's male and female. That's just, that's wrong, it's unacceptable, and we don't wanna hear you say such things as that. She was speaking out on sex and gender issues. Uh, he's a he and she's a she. Joe Rogan, uh, many of you might know him. He's got the most uh, popular podcast in the world, I believe. He's got 13 million subscribers. I've never listened to him. I've seen him uh, in the news a few times, but uh, he's very popular. Uh, apparently, he's a, a good talker. Uh, he was uh, canceled by, uh, they call it the woke mob. Uh, they, they decided to cancel him because uh, people were getting vaccinated, second round, I guess it was, and uh, a lot of people were getting sick, violently sick. And uh, Rogan, he debated on whether or not he would get vaccinated. And finally, uh, he said uh, he, he wouldn't do it. But on his uh, podcast, he, he was talking about getting vaccinated and getting sick. And I guess he named off a lot of people that that happened to. Well, he was, he was uh, blackballed for that, canceled. And uh, a good many people uh, protested him. They tried to shut him down. They go after the sponsors, things like that, trying to shut him down, get him off uh, off the internet. Uh, 
I can't remember what all these things are called. You got the Facebook and the Google and all these other things. Um, they, uh, they've shut people down because enough people complain about uh, the content of their speeches and uh, they get taken off the airwaves. And that's happened to a lot of people. Uh, on, on December 6, 2018 in West Point, Virginia, the school board overseeing West Point High School, high school voted unanimously to terminate the employment of a French teacher. His name was Peter Vlaming. The reason, he refused to use a transgender student's preferred pronoun, citing religious reasons. In other words, he believed a male's a male and a female's a female. Well, in uh, certain environments, like schools and things, uh, if, a, if a boy uh, says he's a girl, you have to call, refer to him as she or her. Well, blaming, he, he, didn't, uh, he didn't agree with that. He, he believed it to be wrong. So what he did was he called this person by their preferred name. Say his name was Joe and he became a Kathy. He called this person Kathy in class. Whenever he addressed the person or spoke about the person, he called them by the name that they chose to wear for themselves. Well, he was terminated, and the reason was he would not use the pronouns when he referred to this person. I don't know if it was a boy or girl. I don't know which way they switched. But uh, he wouldn't use the pronouns in reference to this person, and he was fired. And ultimately, he was fired for what he didn't say. And uh, the state Supreme Court uh, held up his firing as being justifiable. In January 2021, Twitter locked the account of Daily Citizen. This is a magazine owned by Focus on the Family. The reason they terminated them, or they locked it at, at this time, and later on down the line, they, they took them off uh, for good, uh, Twitter did. On Tuesday, President-elect Joe Biden announced that he had chosen Dr. Rachel Levine to serve as Assistant Secretary for Health at the Department of HHS. Dr. Levine is a transgender woman, that is, a man who believes he is a woman. And because of that violation, um, his uh, website, or whatever it was, podcast, whatever, was shut down, and uh, he was warned not to say things like that again by Twitter. And uh, it went on, I think, for a couple of weeks, and they finally locked him out for good. Uh, Twitter did this to a lot of people. That's one of the reasons uh, Elon Musk bought Twitter, and uh, he put a stop to those practices. Uh, freedom of speech prevails on Twitter today. It didn't at that time. You had to toe the line, so to speak, or you're going to be cut off. It was common. It happened uh, quite often. <clears throat> John Gibson, this is one that really blew my mind. He's the CEO of Tripwire Interactive. This is a video game company. They're the ones that make all the money. 
On September the 4th, 2021, he tweeted how proud he was of the U.S. Supreme Court. Four, affirming the Texas law banning abortion for babies with a heartbeat. He thought it was a good thing, and he tweeted that. <clears throat> well, CBS News, trustworthy as all get out, CBS News said he steps down after supporting the Texas law. I thought I had a line there, but it's on this uh, title, this article. Uh, steps down after supporting Texas abortion law. Actually, two days after he tweeted this, he was fired. This guy's the CEO. He runs the place. And that quickly, he was fired from his job, uh, making no telling how much money uh, because of what he said. He was proud of what the Supreme Court did, that it was all right for the state of Texas to uh, ban abortion when the baby had a heartbeat. That's what he thought, that's what he said, and he got in trouble for it. Uh, in our country, I don't know how much you're aware of it. Uh, I keep up with stuff like this. Uh, but but uh, according to Pew Research Center, they said the U.S. has become increasingly more non-religious and immoral in the past 50 years. I think all of us know that. Uh, you know, when it comes to morality, there's a lot of circles people are just absolutely amoral. I mean, it's, it's gone. But uh, as far as the country and uh, as a whole goes, uh, morality has really taken a back seat. Uh, people who uh, uh, have uh, something to do with church, for example, is now below 40%. I think it was 37% the last time I, I read it. It's, uh, it dropped very, very much uh, over just that's over the past 15 or 20 years. Uh, things have changed. Uh, people, thousands of people lost their jobs, if you recall, uh, during the COVID uh, fiasco. Um, if they, you know, the government put pressure on the medical field, uh, schools, things like that, and uh, of course the military. Uh, all, all jobs that had to do with them receiving federal funding. And the deal was you either play ball, you get the shot, or you're going to lose your job. Thousands of people uh, lost their job uh, because they wouldn't get a shot. They, they just didn't want it for whatever reason. I know, uh, I know one woman that lost her job. She was pregnant, and she didn't want to get the shot because she was afraid of what it might do to the baby. And uh, she lost her job because of that. You're supposed to have a right to do it or not do it. It's supposed to be your choice, but uh, that's not the way it happened. And uh, I know in the military, there's so many thousands that lost their jobs in the military that right now the military is horribly understaffed. And even though the government is trying harder than ever to recruit people, people aren't joining up with the military. Uh, a lot of... Uh, a lot of bad aftertaste over the things that happened in uh, 21 and 22. Uh, and now, Dr. Fauci, when, when he was before Congress several months back, uh, he admitted that uh, 
the basis for people losing their jobs uh, wasn't true. The big reason that they said was, uh, if you don't get a shot, you'll carry the COVID. And other people who may be around you will catch the COVID. Well, come to find out, uh, there were some doctors in Switzerland that are the ones that discovered it. But whether you got the shot or not, you can carry the COVID virus. Just because you got a shot, that doesn't mean you're not gonna get the COVID virus. It's just not going to affect you like it would a person without the shot. So, uh, and now we find out that the federal government knew it all the time. Uh, there was no real basis for terminating people uh, during those years. Uh, I guess it's a good thing you can't sue the government or we'd all be in trouble. <clears throat> Cancel culture uh, is, is is as awful as it can be, you know. It, it, it didn't affect me, it hasn't affected me. Uh, but, you know, if I lost my job because of things like this, I, I would be upset like many people are. Um, but the, the, the point is, it's not new. It's strange, it's weird, it sometimes takes my breath. But it's, it's not new, it's, it's been around uh, forever. In Exodus chapter one and verse eight, the king, or the Pharaoh rather, and the Egyptian people tried to cancel Israel. Uh, in verse 8, chapter 1, there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. The Egyptians had been conquered by a foreign uh, adversary. And uh, they took over the government, and thus they took over the country. But uh, they, they came uh, from across the Mediterranean and uh, uh, took root in Egypt. Well, we know that uh, the Israelites were treated well because Joseph was basically the savior of Egypt during the time of the Great Famine. Well, this guy, he doesn't know anything about Joseph. Joseph who? I don't know him. I don't know him anything. And I certainly don't owe these Israelites anything. So he decided uh, he was going to cancel them, the people, and he did his best to try to do it. They set taskmasters over the Israelites to afflict them with their burdens, verse 11. They worked them like horses. They tried to work them into the ground. They wanted them to be so tired, so wore out, that they wouldn't feel like any extracurricular activities after they got off work. They were going to try to drain them of all their strength, and they worked them in order to accomplish their goal which they were unsuccessful. The Egyptians uh, made the children of Israel serve with rigor. They made their lives bitter with hard bondage, verses 13 and 14. They were trying to reduce the population was their goal, and this is the first way they went around it. After that, they went straight to the horse's mouth. Uh, they were gonna reduce the population of the Israelites themselves they wanted them to uh, murder the boys that were born. Pharaoh commanded all of his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the Nile River. Verse 22. He was trying to cancel Israel. He was trying to annihilate them. They were, uh, there were too many of them. He was afraid that if they, uh, uh, another adversary came and overtook Egypt, 
they could join forces with that adversary and might possibly conquer uh, the Egyptians. So he wanted to uh, rub them out, more or less. Samuel, he was afraid of Saul because he anointed David to be king. He thought Saul was going to kill him. He was going to be killed because he did what God wanted him to do. That's canceling a person out because you disagree with them. Jezebel, the wife of Ahab, massacred the prophets of the Lord. She murdered so many prophets that Obadiah feared there would not be a prophet in Israel. So he took a hundred of the prophets and he hid them in caves, 1 Kings 18 and 4. Ahab called Elijah the troubler of Israel. <laughs> we know who was troubling Israel, or yeah, it was Ahab and Jezebel and all the things they were trying to do. But they blamed Elijah saying that he was the one causing trouble for Israel. It wasn't them, 1 Kings 18, 17. And then Jezebel, she wanted to kill Elijah, so he arose and ran for his life, chapter 19, verses 2 through 3. They were being persecuted for what they believed. They were being persecuted for the things they would say or do. Uh, it was a, a very common thing throughout history. Micaiah was insulted, struck, imprisoned by Ahab, 1 Kings 22, 1-40. Ahab asked him a question. He told him the truth. Ahab didn't like the answer. He wanted him to tell him something else. He wanted him to tell him that he'd have victory in the upcoming war. And Micaiah told him what God told him. You're not going to win. You're going to lose. And that just tore Ahab all up. And uh, he punished Micaiah for what he said. Jeremiah, oh, Jeremiah, oh, what a terrible life that man had to live. He was threatened, beaten, put in stocks, cast into a cistern in the mud, and left there to die. But he was delivered from that fate. He's referred to by many preachers as the weeping prophet because he did do a lot of weeping. But he didn't weep for himself. He weeped for Israel because of what he knew was going to happen. He knew Babylon was coming, and he knew they would be victorious. The Israelites thought they could hold their own with Babylon. But Jeremiah knew the truth because God told him. And he begged the people, don't fight, don't fight. You can't win. You're going to lose because God told me you're going to lose. And they did lose. And they wound up going down to Babylon for uh, 70 years. King Herod sought to kill baby Jesus, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, Matthew 2, verse 16. Herod Antipas imprisoned John the baptizer for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. Because John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Therefore, Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him. What did he do? He spoke God's word. And because of that, he was canceled permanently. Herodias got her wish. 
An executioner brought his head on a platter, and Herodias's daughter gave John's head to her mama. Mark 6, verses 27 and 8. The hard-hearted, hypocritical religious leaders sought to cancel Jesus. In his hometown of Nazareth, all those in the synagogue, they were filled with wrath. They rose up. They thrust him out of the city. They led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down over the cliff and kill him in the process. Luke 4, 16-30. Why? Because he told them who he was. He was Messiah, and he had come to save Israel. And for that, they wanted to put him to death. On another occasion, Jesus' enemies took up stones to throw at him. John chapter 8, verse 59. Sometimes I think about our Lord and all the things he went through. Uh, and it, I marvel at the fact that before the foundation of the world, he knew what was going to happen. He knew he would become man. He knew how he would be treated and ultimately put to death. Everything that was going to happen to him was before his eyes because God knows the end from the beginning. And he came anyway. He came anyway. I've always had a tendency whenever a place could be dangerous, I usually avoid those places. There are certain places in, in a city, for example, the bad side of town, the part you don't want to go to. And if you do, uh, you may suffer the consequences of your being there. I remember several years back, there was a German couple who had come over from Germany to a vacation in the United States, and they were in Florida. Well, they were trying to get around in a car, which is about like me trying to get around in a car overseas. Uh, I got no clue where anything is. Don't know how to drive with the people. Anyway, they were trying to get around, I forgot the city in Florida, and uh, they wound up in the wrong neighborhood. And because they were there, uh, some of the guys in the neighborhood got together and they killed them. And they were talking about it on the TV news, and one of the guys who was involved in putting them to death uh, said, no, he wasn't, it was his, one of his relatives, he said it was their fault, the German people, it was their fault that they got killed because they shouldn't have been here in the first place. Uh, Jesus uh, suffered a good many things, physically suffered. Uh, he also suffered, I think, from a broken heart. The worst part of his suffering, in my estimation, was the fact that people rejected him. Not because he wanted to be popular. That's not what upset him. It's because through him, they could be saved from their sins and have eternal life. And they wouldn't listen to him. And they wouldn't believe him. And I think of all things that he suffered from, that was the greatest of all. Because he knew their fate. He knew what was going to happen. 
in the day of the judgment. After he raised Lazarus, Jewish chief priests and Pharisees plotted to put him to death from that day on, John 11:53, He had to constantly be on guard. Even his own brothers wanted him to go forth and have to deal with the Pharisees who were seeking his life. They mocked him for who he thought he was. Everywhere he traveled, he had to be very careful. Because there's always going to be someone who's going to try to entrap him, get something on him so they could accuse him, and then kill him because of what he said. It's not because of what he did. He did good. He did good. He made people whole that were sick. Everything he did was good, and he did nothing that was bad. The only thing, the only reason they could have hated this man was because of his words. And they chose to cancel him. He was arrested, mocked, beaten, scourged, and finally, as you know, our Lord was nailed to a cross. Christianity was born into a world of cancel culture. John 16, verse 33, Jesus told his apostles, In the world you will have tribulation." It's not a maybe, it's a definite. If you follow me, if you live by my words, you're going to have tribulation. People hated him for what he said, and they're going to hate his followers as well. Nothing's really new under the sun. History just continues to repeat itself. And he warned them that this would be their fate in the days to come. But they could be of good cheer, he said, because I have overcome the world. They had a hope. They had a silver lining. Jesus had overcome, and now they could overcome also. Through him, they could overcome. He knew that the problems that he had to endure was going to become the problems of his disciples because society didn't want to hear what God had to say. And that's the way things went. Then a great persecution arose against the church, which was, at, which was at Jerusalem. The apostles were arrested at least three times, three times we know about. Stephen was stoned to death in Acts chapter 7. And James, the apostle James, had his head cut off by Herod in Acts chapter 12. Peter had been arrested. Herod was going to do the same thing to Peter, but he escaped through divine intervention. If you believe truth, live truth, speak the truth, there's going to be some people who become angry with what you have to say, what you think, or what you believe. In Acts 8, verse 3, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house, dragging off men and women, and committing them to prison. <clears throat> Saul was a, a diligent man. He was the persecutor of Christian people, and he did it with all his might. I reckon he was very good at it. He was very popular, very well known. 
And uh, he detested Christians with all of his might because he saw them as blasphemers and he made people's lives miserable. But as you know, he repented. He became a Christian himself. And it, at least according to what the Bible reveals, looks like Paul suffered more than anyone else of the apostles. He spoke about it in chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians, verse 23 through 8. He said, in labors, uh, I was more abundant than all the rest. In stripes, I received them above measure. In prison, I was in prison more than anybody. In death, very often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one, 39 stripes. We don't know how many stripes he received from the Romans, but it seemed to be a way of life for Paul, persecution that is. They were trying to cancel him. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles, perils in the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Whether he was among the Romans or the Jews, he was in peril. Whether he was on land or sea, he was in peril. And when he was in the congregations of the Lord's church, he was in peril. Everywhere he went, he faced adversity. His life was very difficult. In weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things will come upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. You and I have to resist the cancel culture mentality. It's important that we do this. Otherwise, we might be guilty of sin. You know, you do this to me, I'll do this to you. You treat me like this, I'll treat you like this. You have no respect for me, I won't respect you. We have to be careful and not let our attitudes become like the attitudes of such people. We must not cancel those who cancel us. That guy's too mean to be saved. I ain't going to fool him. That guy doesn't deserve to be saved. He's caused too much suffering among other people. I'm not going to try to help him find the Lord. Sometimes we become upset and so angry with people for the things they do that we want nothing to do with them whatsoever. And as, as hard as it is, that's a bad attitude. It's not the attitude that we should have. That's one of the reasons I studied this a few years back. Uh, I thought I had a bad attitude. And uh, I discovered I did. And it, it couldn't stay that way. It had to change because I had to be different and not become like those I didn't care for. In James 1, 19 and 20, listen to James. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Listen. Slow to speak. Keep your mouth closed. Slow to get angry. 
<clears throat> this has always been a challenge for me. I've always been quick on the draw when it comes to anger. Uh, James said, be slow. Don't be quickly angered. Simmer. And don't let your pot boil over. Why? For because the wrath of man in our anger, it does not produce satisfactory results. It does not produce the righteousness of God. When we allow ourselves to be overcome with anger because of the things that go on that are wrong, because of thousands of people wrongly losing their jobs, because of people who have been arrested for being pro-life, and there's been a good number of people that that's happened to, or people in PTAs who are arrested because they're deemed to be domestic terrorists. These things happen. That's life. And we have to deal with it. It could happen to us. It could happen to someone we know. But the thing that matters is how are you and I going to deal with it? Are we going to do it in a righteous manner? Or are we going to do it in an unrighteous manner? For some people, I don't, I don't think they're so bothered by such things. But for others, people like me, I think it's a challenge to live the way you're supposed to live. Remember what our Lord said in Luke 6, 32 and 3. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? If you love your family, big deal. Even sinners love their families. They love those who love them. That's just the way of life. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? What makes you different from the world? Even sinners do the same. We have to be exceptional. We have to go beyond the norm. We have to love our enemies. Ways to resist the cancel culture mentality. Number one, decide that you're going to overcome the temptation to become too angry. People have always been treated unjustly. I tried to demonstrate that rather briefly, but it's just a way of life. There's always been those who harass the few. Decide in your mind that I'm going to overcome this and get my feelings under control. Noah did it. Noah lived in a world where the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Noah, the righteous, he lived in a world where men were just evil, no matter which way he turned. The pressure on a righteous man in such a situation had to be great. But Noah overcame, and Noah remained righteous in all of his actions. Moses did. Moses had to put up with Israel. 
My brother one time said when he gets to heaven, the first thing he wanted to do was go and ask Moses, how in the world did you put up with them people for 40 years? It was horrible what he had to go through. And everybody's back and I had to shut up. And I got this much more to say. So I quit, as much as I hate to, even though I might get angry. <laughs> I'll quit.